Letter 1, St. Petersburg, December 11th, 17. To Miss Savelle, England. You rejoice to hear that no disaster has occupied the commencement of an enterprise which you have regarded with such evil foreboding. I arrived here yesterday, and my first task is to assure my dear sister of my welfare and increasing confidence in the success of my undertaking. I am already far north of London, and as I walk in the streets of Petersburg, I feel a cold northern breeze play upon my cheeks, which braces my nerves and fills me with delight. Do you understand this feeling, this breeze which had travelled from the regions towards which I am advancing, gives me a foretaste of those icy chimes, inspired by the wind, inspirited by this wind, and the promise of my daydreams become more fervent and vivid. I try in vain to be persuaded that the pole is the seat of the frost and desolation. It ever, it's ever present itself in, to my imagination as a region of beauty and delight. There, Margaret, the sun is forever visible. Its broad disk just skirting the horizon and diffusing a perpetual splendour. There. For with you, you, with your leave, my dear, my sister, I will put some trust in preceding navigators. There, snow and frost are banished, and sunning over a calm sea, I may be wafted to a land surpassing in wonders and beauty. Every region hitherto discovered on a habitable globe, the productions of features may be without example, as phenomena of the heavenly bodies undoubtedly are. Those uncovered solidities, which what may not be expected in a country of eternal light, I may have discovered a wondrous power, which attracts a needle and may relegate a thousand celestial observations, require only the voyage to render this seemingly eccentrics considered constant forever, consistent forever, intricacies consistent forever. I shall solidate my ardent curiosity with the sight of a part of the world never been before visited, and may thread a land before, never before imprinted by the foot of man. There, these are my intentions. They are significant to conquer the all fear of danger of death, and and to introduce me to commence. This laborious voyage with the joy of a child feels when he marks in a small but little boat with his holiday mates on expedition to discovery up his native river. But supposing all these conjectures to be false, you cannot contest the inestimable benefit which I shall confer on all mankind to the last generation by discovering a passage near the pole to these countries to reach at present. So many months of requesty, or by asserting the secret of the magnet, which is all at it, if it all possible, can only be effected by undertaking such as mine. These reflections are dispelled in the agitation which I begin my letter. I feel my heart glow with a new visitum, which elevates me to heaven, for nothing contributes so much as tranquillities 
a mind in a steady purpose, a point in which the soul may fix its intellectual eye. The exhibition has been the favourite dream of my early years. I have read with an ardour the accounts of various voyages which may be made in the prospect of arriving at the North Pacific Ocean through the seas which surround the pole. You may remember that the history of the voyages made for purposes of discovery composed in the whole of our, new, of our good Uncle Thomas library. My education was neglected, yet I was passionately fond of reading. These volumes were my study, day and night. My familiarity with them increased that regret which I had felt as a child on learning that my father, a dying injunction, had forbidden my uncle to allow me to embark in a seafaring life. These visions faded when I, when I perused for the first time, those, those poets whom a vision fusions enchants my soul, and lifted it to heaven. I also became a poet, and for one year lived in a paradise of my own creation. I imagined I also might attain a niche in a temple where the names of Homer and Shakespeare are concentrated. You are well acquainted with my failure. How heavily I bore a disappointment. How heavily I bore the disappointment. But... Just at that time, I inherited a fortune of my cousin. My thoughts were turned into a channel of their earlier bent. Six years have passed since I resolved on my present undertaking. I am, even now, remember the hour on which I dedicate myself to this great enterprise. I commenced by enduring drawing my body to hardship. I accomplished the well-fishers to on several expeditions to the North Sea. I voluntarily endured cold, famine, thirst, and went to, to of, went want to sleep. I often wondered what worked harder than the common sailors during the day, devoted my nights to the study of mathematics, the theory of medicine, and the branches of physical science, which a naval adventure might derive the greatest practical advantage. Twice I actually hired myself as an undermate, in a Greenland whaler, and acquitted myself to admiration. I must own, I felt a little proud when my captain offered me the second dignitary, the vessel, and treated me to remain with the greatest earnest, so valuable to consider my services. Now, dear Margaret, do I not deserve to accomplish some great purpose? My, my life might have been passed. Is ease and luxury, but a third glory in every enticement. A wealth placed on my path. Oh, and that some encouraging voice might answer in an affirmant. My courage and my resolution is affirm, but my hope fluctuates. My hopes fluctuate, and my spirits are often depressed. I am about to proceed on a long and difficult voyage, the emergencies of which would demand my fortitude. I am required. Not only to raise the spirits of others, but sometimes the same my own. When others, theirs are failing. This is the most favourite period of, for travelling in Russia. Then fly quickly over the snow in its sledges. The motion is pleasant, and in my opinion far more agreeable than an English stagecoach. A cold is not excessive if you wrap in furs, a dress which I have already adopted. For well, there is great difference between walking the deck 
and when you're seated motionless for hours, when no exercise prevents the blood from actually freezing in your veins, I have no ambition to lose my life on the pre-post road between St. Petersburg's and Archangel. I should depart for the latter town in a fortnight of three weeks. Of three weeks, and my intent is to hire a ship there, which can easily be done by paying an insurer for the owner. Insurance for the owner. I engage as many sailors as I think necessary, among those who are questioned of whale fishing. I do not intend to sail until the month of June. And when shall I return? Oh, dear sister, how can I answer that question? If I succeed, many, many months, perhaps years, will pass before you and I would ever. I will meet. If I fail, you will see me again soon, or never. Farewell, my dear, excellent Margaret. Heaven shower down blessings on you, and save me, I shall again, again testify my gratitude for all your love and kindness. Your affectionate brother, R. Walton. Letter 2 Archangel, 28th of March, 17. To Miss Savelle, England. How slowly the time passes here, encompassed as I am by frost and snow. Yet a second step is taken towards my enterprise. I have hired a vessel and am occupied in collecting my sailors. Those whom I already engaged appear to be men on whom I would depend. I certainly possess of doubtless courage. But I have one want which I have never yet been able to satisfy, the absence of the object which I now feel I must, uh, as a must, most severe evil. I have no friend, Margaret. I am growing with enthusiasm and success. It will be none to precipitate my joy. If I am assailed by disappointment, no one will endeavour to sustain me to action. No one endeavoured to stay me in detection. I should commit my faults to paper. It is true, but that is a poor medium for the communication of feeling. I desire the company of a man who could sympathise with me, whose eyes will apply to mine, who may deem me more antic, my dear sister. I bitterly feel the want of a friend. I have no one near me, gentle yet courageous, possessed, cultivated as well of a capricious mind whose tastes are like my own to approve or mend my plans. How could such a friend repair the faults of your poor brother? I am too ardent in execution and too patient of all difficulties, but it is still greater evil to me that I am self-educated. For the first fourteen years of my life I ran wild in the, on the common and read nothing but our Uncle Thomas' books of voyages. At that age I became acquainted with the celebrated poets of your own country. It was only when it ceased to be my power to derive the most important benefits from such a conviction, I proceeded in this of becoming acquainted with more languages than of my native country. Now I am twenty-eight and in reality more literate than many schoolboys of fifteen. It's true. I have been, uh, been thought more on that my daydreams are more extended and immensified, but they they want as painters call it keeping 
I am greatly needed as a friend who would have sense enough not to despise me as romantic affection enough to, for me to endeavour to relegate my mind. Well, those are useless complaints. I shall certainly have to fight, my friend, at a wild ocean, but even here in the Archangel, among merchants and seamen, yet some feelings am allied in the dross of human nature beat even in the ruggedest bosoms. My lieutenant, for example, is a man of wonderful courage and enterprise. He is merely delirious of, delirious of glory, or rather, to word, I phrase more curiously, of advancement in his possession, profession. He's an Englishman in the midst of the natural profession with judges, unsoftened by coats of realization. Retains some of the noblest endowments of humanity. I first came acquainted with him on board a well vessel, finding that he was unemployed in the city. I usually engaged him to assist my enterprise. Master is a person of excellent disposition, remarkable on a ship of his first gentleship, gentleness and mildness of his discipline. His circumstances aided by his well known integrity and doubtless the courage made me derelict to engage him. A youth passed his solitude. I bet she has been under gentle defending authorities. With the fine the groundwork of my character, I can overcome the intense distaste of usually brutal exercise brutality exercise on board ship. I never believe to be necessary I have hard heard of a mariner, equally noted for his kindness of heart, respect and obedience paid for him by his crew. I felt myself peculiarly fortunate of being able to secure services. I heard of him first, rather in a romantic manner, and a lady who owes to him happiness of her life. This briefly is his story. Some years ago he beloved a young Roman Russian lady, a moderate fortune, and having amassed a considerable sum prize money, a father of the girl consented the match. He saw his matches months before this destined ceremony, but she bathed in tears and threw herself at his feet, entreated him to spare his comfort, her despair, confessing at the same time he had loved another, that he was poor and her father had never consented to their union. A generous friend may have assured the supplement that being informed of the nature of a lover, instantly abandoned his pursuit. He had already bought a farm, his money, in which he designed to pass the remainder of his life. We bestowed the home to his rival together with the remains of the prize money of purchased stock, and then himself solicited young fathers to consent to her marriage with her lover. But the old man decidedly refused, thinking himself bound in honour to my friend whom, when he found a lap feather, father in its struggle, courted his country, not returning, quitted the country, and not returned until he heard that his former mistress had married, according to his incantations. What a noble fellow, you will exclaim. He is so, but when he is wholly engaged, he is silent as a Turk, a kind of ignorant kindness as it tends him, which... While it renders his conduct a more astonishing, distracts from the interest of sympathy which otherwise he would command.